look tonight in John chapter 21, and um, if you don't mind, would you stand with us as we read the Word of God, and we'll read, and uh, we're going to go down to verse 15, and begin reading there tonight, and the Bible says this, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17, He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Because he said, said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. When thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name you'd help me. Lord, I pray that you'd quicken my mind, Lord, that you'd clear my thoughts, and you'd enable me to speak clearly the Word of God in a way that can be understood by the youngest to the oldest here. And I pray, Lord, that this would be more than just a sermon, it'd be more than just a message. Lord, I pray that this might make a difference in the lives of those that are here. How many times we have found ourselves in the very same place as Simon Peter. But Lord, we want to thank You that the road, Lord, is there is a road back to You. And I pray tonight that if there's one that's drifted away, maybe their heart's grown cold and calloused, and maybe, Lord, they're not hungry and longing for the things of God as they once did. I pray tonight that, Lord, the same that You've done for Peter, You'd do for them. And help them to come back, Lord, come back to a right relationship with you and get back in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you tonight, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We began here in the last few weeks preaching on this thought, man overboard. And listen, tonight we're living in the last days. Did you know that? Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, he said, I press toward the mark. You look up that word press, that's Philippians chapter 3. That's the word used. Have you ever watched them Olympic runners when they get to the end? They call it pressing the line. When they get to the finish line, he said, I forgot those things. And what Paul was saying in Philippians 3 is, I'm almost to the end. He said, I forgot those things which are behind. They're in my past. He said, but I'm pressing. I want to finish strong. I want to finish right. I want to say tonight, we're in the last days of the last days. I believe it with all my heart. And we should want to go overboard for the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen tonight, uh, I want to be in a church that goes overboard. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I want to be a preacher that goes overboard. I, I don't want to be just a run of the mill, fit in with all the other brethren. And I, I don't want to be the one they invite to all the conferences and the, and the, now I don't mind going, but I'm talking about the liberal ones. You know what I'm saying? I saw one, anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked tonight, but, but I'll be honest, I'd be embarrassed to have my face on a poster with a lot of these fellas. I really would. And I, I'd have, I'm embarrassed to have my face on any poster. No, no comments, Brother David. But anyhow, 
Me and you, neither one got the prettiest award in high school. But thank God we outkicked our coverage. But anyhow, so let's look at this tonight. This morning we talked about the dynamic effect of Peter. I didn't mention this, but we was talking about how he had a draw to him. Now listen, I, didn't, I forgot to mention this this morning. Think about this. He drew him out on that boat. He said, I'll go fishing. They said, we're going fishing too. But think about this. He also drew them back to Jesus. When he jumped in the water and swam to Jesus, the same six that followed him out of the will of God, they followed him back in the will of God. And did you know tonight you may have used your influence in a bad way? You may have influenced people to get away from God. Maybe you've been drunk. Maybe it's your family, your children, your, your home. And, and by the way, men, I believe it's our responsibility as, as, as the men, the husband, is to, to pull and to draw our wives and our children to Jesus and not push them away from Him. And, 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 but listen, the same one that drew them out, they drew them back in. Amen. And listen, that's what we should want tonight. We should say, Lord, help me to have that effect where I, want, I, I by being around others, I, I have a positive pull. Listen, there's enough negative in this world. There's enough, I mean, we get pulled in every direction away from God. We should want to be the ones that are holding the rope and drawing people back to God. Amen. But I want you to see this in verse 3. The Bible says, he said, I go a fishing. And they said, we also go with thee. They went forth there into a ship immediately. And here it is. And that night, they caught nothing. Now maybe you like to fish for fun, but if I go fishing, I go to catch fish. Amen. If you can't catch them illegally, then you get the dynamite out. I've, not, I've read about that in books. I've never done it myself, but I'm just saying. I've heard. You get a net out. You go to seining and dragging. Whatever you got to do. And Brother Randy's not here tonight, but he's got someone anyway. There's a pond that's full of big, large mouth that he knows about. And these people are moving away, and he's, he's waiting on the opportunity. He's wanting me to go over there with them. And I'll have to be insane. Anyway, they told him he could catch, get all the fish he could catch, but they didn't tell him how he could catch them. He said, he said, we can get them, he said, we can get them as many as we want anyway. But, but Peter, they caught nothing. You understand, this was not recreation. This was business. This was the... Now listen, think about this. The first night they opened up their fishing business, it was the worst night of their career. And so we said this morning, the drawing effect up here. But I want you to see the disappointing endeavors of Peter. He had the worst night of his life. Trying to do something that he knew he shouldn't be doing. Things didn't go as he thought they would. Think about this. On the boat and in the water, he did not find what he was looking for. Amen. Now I've got news tonight. And again, I said this morning, Simon had a rough week. Amen. A bad week. Worst week of his life. We say that all the time. Worst day of my life. And then the next day, worst day of my life. And then guess what? None of that. Just wait till tomorrow. Amen. But anyhow... But the truth is, this was the worst week of his life. He had, I mean, he did not want to fail Jesus. He did not plan to fail him, but he did. And after all this, he said, 
I, I know there's one thing I can still do. I can catch fish and I've failed. I've made a mess in everything in my life and I'm going to go out here and now listen, it went from bad to worse and he stayed on the boat all night long and caught nothing. Think about this. Peter had lost his spiritual passion. Verse 3 said, I go fishing. That was, not a, that was his carnal nature driving him to fish. He, he had lost his spiritual passion. He had lost his spiritual perception. In verse 4, it said, Jesus stood on shore, but they knew not that it was Jesus. I want to say tonight, listen, don't, uh, don't think that you can just go back to your old life and go back to those old habits and go back to that old way of living and everything's, I've heard people that everything's fine with me and Jesus. I'm fixing that old song, fixing it up with Jesus. By the way, we didn't fix nothing up with Him. He fixed it all for us. You understand? He made peace for us. We didn't make peace with God. Jesus made peace by the blood of His cross. Uh, but anyhow, they said, well, me and Jesus got an agreement. Someone told me that one time. Uh, they, these two were shacked up and they just want me to marry them. And uh, I said, that ain't right. No, actually, I was wanting to join the church. I said, no, you can't not here, but somewhere else. Well, Pastor Vaughn, and they said, well, we've worked it out. Us and God, we're all right with this. <laughs> I said, well, let me tell you what God said about it. Marriage is honorable, and the bed is undefiled, but hormonders and adulterers, God will judge. That's what God said about it. God ain't fine with it, but they lost their perception. They lost their power. They couldn't catch anything. Now, I want, you, I, want you, I want you to think about this. Peter, what did he go looking for in that boat? What was he trying to find? Listen to this. He did not find what he was wanting to find. And the devil, listen, the devil will tell you everything you're missing right now is in the boat. Amen. You've been poor, Peter? Get on the boat. You feel like you failed, Peter? Get on the boat. Peter, you feel like you've been, uh, that your peers are disappointed? Get on the boat. Peter, you, 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 you've lived three years away from home as a, a, almost as a gypsy traveling here and there. You've not had anything. You want to answer it? It's all in the boat. But he found out the promises of the devil are lies. Now think about this. He found no redemption with his peers. Now think about this. Not only had Peter let Jesus down, he had let those six disciples down. Amen. And Brother David, I think he thought, if I go out on this boat and I catch a bunch of fish, maybe they'll forget what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad tonight that our standing with God is not performance-based? Right. Have you ever had your child maybe get out of line a little bit? You know, get a little sideways and a little cross-threaded. Amen. As my good friend Darren Stewart says, if he's listening tonight, uh, he, he, he said, we got a little cross-threaded over there. I love it when he says that. And then you got them re-threaded. You know what I'm talking about? You got them straightened up. 
And then about 10, they, all of a sudden they've got this desire. I mean, they're cleaning, they're, they're vacuuming, they're, they're washing things down. Hey, Daddy, do you need me to do it? Do you need me to change the oil in the car? Do you need me to, uh, you, need, you want ice in your sweet tea? I mean, what is that? I believe it's that natural desire, that natural longing they have to make things right. They think, well, if I can do enough right, I can, I can make smooth things over. I'm glad tonight that we don't have to make things. What I'm saying is Jesus loved Peter as much when he cursed him as he did when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the God. But I believe he thought that if he led these men out there and showed them a good time, they might let go of what he had done. Listen to this. Peter was trying to make up for a spiritual failure with carnal success. Amen. I believe there's a lot of people tonight that have failed spiritually. And now what they're trying to do is they're going to try to go out in the world and they're going to, they're going to build a career, they're going to have success, and they think that if they can make enough money, if they can have a big enough career, if they can do, if they can do all these things somehow, that it's going to make up for what they have, where they have failed the Lord in their lives. Amen. And there's a lot of people that way with other people in church even. They, they, they make a mistake. They do something wrong. They fail. And they feel like they've got to earn or they've got to work. They've got, they got, they got to somehow do something to make people forget what they have done. But listen, Peter found no because here they are looking at him and said, Well, it's probably thinking Peter's under judgment of God. It's amazing how when other people suffer, we call it chastisement. But then when, when we go, we, oh, the Lord's just perfecting me. You know what I'm saying? You've seen it, Birdie. Yes, Their tires are flat. Judgment of God. Yeah. Your tires flat. This trial will be a blessing. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We act as every bad thing happens to others is for correction. But for us, it's just to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. I've got news. There's only one person who knows the difference, and that's the Lord Himself. He's the judge. He is, and we ought to leave that with His hand. All we ought to know tonight is this, that look tonight, we cannot find that redemption we're looking for out there in the bowl. Amen. He found no relief for His pain. I believe, you ever get just overwhelmed? You know, like, my computer right now. That brother Landon sent me all these today. He sent me, I don't know how many gigabytes. I don't know what those stand for. To be honest with you, gigabytes, megabytes. I don't know. I don't know which one's the bigger ones. I know terabyte is a big one. And he sent me all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I just, you know, I loaded up and on that book file. I think it's up to like, I don't know, 100 and something. And, 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 and when I click on that, it just sits there and spins. Do you ever, do you ever feel like your mind is just like that? You've got too many files downloading at the same time. You got something going on here, something going on over there. And what do we like to do? We like to get away from it. Yeah. Amen. If I can just get on that tractor, if I can just, ladies, if I can get to that nail salon. <laughs> I'm going to quit talking about that nail salon. If I, can just get, if I can just get to the mall. If I can just get to my favorite place. If I can just get 
uh, to that fishing hole. If I can just get... And I think tonight that that's why Peter went back to this boat and this lake because it was familiar. It was a comfort place for him. And I think that he thought that if he could get out there, he could stop hearing that cock crow in his mind. I believe what was bothering him the most was not what was going on on the outside, but what was going on the inside. I believe when he went to bed at night, he could hear the cock crowing. When he woke up, it was crowing. And every day it was crowing. And the devil said, if you'll go back, you'll silence your conscience. I want you to know tonight, you can get away from everybody but yourself. I've seen this. And you, I'm sure, Brother Dan's seen it a lot. People start getting away from God. And what do they do? They start getting distant. I had one that they come in church after it started and leave before it ended and then they said nobody want to talk to them. I want to ask you, when are we supposed to talk to you? I'm going to say, you want me to stop preaching and say, hey, how are you doing? Everybody, let's go talk. You know what that was? That was a drawing the way. And Peter, listen, by the way, out there on that lake, the Roman soldiers weren't, the fishermen were not on their hit list. He thought, if I get out here, I'll be safe. Why did he deny Jesus? Because he was afraid to die. And, 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 and he said, oh, if I can get out there, maybe I can just silence this conscience, silence this voice, silence this conviction, silence all that. I believe he could hear Jesus saying to him, uh, he said, Simon, Simon, I've prayed for thee. Uh, that thy faith fail not, but when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. I believe he heard those words going through his mind. I believe he kept playing it over and over again when he said, Lord, I'll go with you all the way. I'll die for you. I believe he could look. I believe he could see the look in the eyes of the Lord as he denied him and as Jesus with blood dripping off his brow looked at him and believe it haunted him and the devil said go back to your old life go back to your old boat go back to your old habit go back to that old way of living and the voice will go son I won't tell you I've been there and the voice will be as loud there as it is in here and look tonight the devil will tell you you can solve your spiritual problems through carnal means better job better husband or wife better children I guess you can't swap them but but better just and, and some but look, Peter found out that it was just as bad out there. Amen. Don't you know every time he cast that net, he thought, What am I doing? Every time he drew back and he thought, and don't you know he was looking for some and, and by the way, I want to go on. We gotta get, I said I was gonna be done tonight. I gotta be done tonight. But I wanna say tonight to you that are here. I don't know of anybody's life person. I don't know. I can't, you know, I don't, I don't know where you're standing with God in relationship with God. But I want you to know tonight you are not going to find relief for that pain by going back to your old life. I believe it made it worse. As he got on that boat, it had dust that hadn't been used in years. I believe he began to remember some of the things he had done in his past and that life he had lived. And he thought, oh man. Now listen, what had happened, he had spent three years with the Son of God. He had walked into the Jairus' daughter's room with James and John and Jesus and watched Jesus look at that dead girl and say, Talitha Kumai, and she arose from and, 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 and come to life. He had witnessed him raising, listen, people from the dead. He had seen him call Lazarus to come. He had watched all that, and now he's back on that boat despite all that Jesus had done. 
Many people are wasting their life trying to silence the voice of conviction through carnal means. Listen to me tonight. We ought to thank God for conviction. Even though it's unpleasant, I'm saying it's not, an, it's not a pleasant thing, but it's also a comforting thing. You know, it's so amazing grace. I swear, it's grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieve. I've got news tonight. Lost people don't get convicted about the 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 the, the partying and the and the wild living and the and the they, they they may they may feel guilty about it they may and when they get in trouble they really feel bad they may have sorrow but it's not godly sorrow but as the child of God the Spirit of God convicts us and Peter said oh my I thought I could find some relief but he didn't find the relief Amen. think about this he found no results in his performance he caught nothing. Now, if you want to know how to catch fish, talk to Peter. He could tell you how to catch them on a good day, bad day, and every day in between. If you want to catch little ones, he knew where the little ones were. If you want to catch the big ones, if you want to catch crappie, he knew. I don't know if they have them back then over there. I don't know. But for sermon's sake, this illustration, Brother Ty, window in the house. This is just illustration. Brother Ty, I'm talking about just a little window. I, but if you want to catch smallmouth, largemouth, if you want to catch uh, blue cats, you know, whatever you needed. Simon, he grew up fishing for him was like putting on your shoe. He knew how to do it. And it's like riding a bicycle. You don't forget how to fish. But for some reason, that night, he didn't catch a single one. I'd take one of these little boys and put a worm on the hook and go to a lake and let them throw it out there and let it bobble and they'll catch something. I remember we used to have a father-son fishing trip every year at, and, and we'd go to uh, a, a, a pay pond, you know. And, and, and one year, me and my brother, we thought we were, I mean, we thought we were anglers, you know. We, we, we had chicken livers and, them, and, and, and I promise you, we caught the same catfish all night long. I mean, seriously, he looked like one of these, you know, the ones that got the rings on. That's what he looked like when we got, I mean, just he had more holes in him. I mean, he just kept, I mean, and man, we told him we caught 28 fish, but that truth, truth matters, we caught one fish 28 times. You mean to tell you why Peter didn't catch any fish? It wasn't because he didn't know how to, it's because God didn't want him to. Listen to me, I want to ask you something tonight. If he had caught fish all night long, do you think he would have been looking for Jesus in the morning? Let me say this. One of the greatest mercies that God shows to us is letting us fail in endeavors that are outside of His will. God has ordained victory for me within His will. But He's also ordained defeat for me without His will. He thought, well, if I go back to the old place and I get in the old boat and I do the old... He went back to the same boat, to the same water, to the same lake where before he was known all around as being one of the best fishermen there was. But that night, you want to know why something had happened? He had met Jesus. And Jesus said, Simon, you're no longer going to have... You say, well, I can go back. You can't go back to your old life. It won't work like it used to work. Amen. Well, I might go back and go back to the club. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the disco hall. Is that what y'all used to do? You know? And, and, but I got news. You can't disco like you could before you met. You can't do it like you used to. Well, I'll go back to the old life. I'll go back to the beer joint. I'll go drink. I'll get, listen to me. It will not be the same. Here's something. I'm not going to dare you. I don't even know if Darren's right, but I want to challenge you. To do something. 
You young people, listen to me, Drew. I'm going to challenge you to do something. Before we leave tonight, we're going to have an altar call. I'm going to challenge everyone to come to the altar and say, Lord, help me to fail in everything I attempt outside of your will for my life. Here's where Brother Dylan gives me one of them, hmm. Hmm. Ponderings from worm. Hmm. Now be careful. Be careful praying that way. But I want to ask you tonight, do you have enough faith? Do I have enough faith to believe that, that the only good thing for my life is those things that are in the will of God for my life? And if that's true, then what would be wrong with us praying and saying, Lord, let my children fail in anything they try to do outside the will of God? Lord, let me fail. If I don't need that promotion, then don't let me get it. If I'm not supposed to get into this or get into that or be a part of this or be a part of that, listen to me, just because you can make a dollar doing it doesn't mean you need to be doing it. If I don't, listen, I'm saying tonight, you say, that's scary. No, I'm going to tell you what's scary. Scary is enjoying success out of the will of God. Because you know what it does? It only takes you further away from God. God, the Lord Jesus that night, Gave every fish in that lake like y'all. Yeah. And they threw that net and they'd dodge. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd throw the net over here and they'd swim over there. Yeah, and then they'd throw it on the front of the boat and they'd swim in the back of the boat. And old Peter, you know how he was. I'd say he was letting a few slip here and there. He wasn't supposed to. These fish, I bleep, 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 bleep. And then old John said, oh my goodness, Peter, you can't poop on there. I know, but these fish, I know they're here. Uh, this is the best spot. This is the best place. But I want you to know that over in the darkness somewhere, Jesus had them fish under his control. And, and even though it made Peter mad, and look, none of us enjoy failing. None of us enjoy not getting the job. None of us find pleasure in not getting doing well. But I'm saying tonight that we should say, Lord, if it's not your will, don't let the fish bite. There's a divine encounter for Peter though. Peter learned some things from this episode in his life that he never forgot. Did you, did, now I'll ask you something tonight. Do you believe Jesus... Now here's what a Calvinist would say. That Jesus basically made Peter curse and deny him. I don't believe that. That was Peter's choice. So let's don't get that mixed up. I don't believe that. But I do know what the devil means for bad and evil God can turn for good. Amen. And it's my belief that the Lord Jesus Christ used this whole thing in Peter's life to make a lasting impression on him that he never got over the rest of his life. I believe the Peter that came out of this trial was better than the one that went in it. There's a lot of things that happened here that he learned about Jesus. First thing I want you to see is he learned that Jesus always finds his wandering sheep. Verse 4, the Bible says that Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, I want to ask you something. Who was in the wrong? Jesus or the disciples? But who's the one that went looking for who? Jesus. And we'll say things like, well, they did, they did me wrong. They, 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 I'm, they, if they wanted to be right, they, 
can, they know where I live. They've got my phone number. They can look me up. But aren't you glad Jesus doesn't do us that way? I mean, here they are doing, going against His will, doing what He said not to do, but standing on the shore. And by the way, what did He say? He said, children. Amen. Right. Now, if it had been like a lot of us, He said, quitters, losers. Liar, faker, hypocrite, backslider, heathen. You know, if it had been me, I'm just going to be honest, I probably said, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Have you forgot that I just died for you and was raised the third day? But no, he said children. Children, those are tender words. And listen to that, aren't you glad? And by the way, the devil will tell you because you failed the Lord that now he's got a bone to pick with you. I want you to know this tonight, no matter how bad and how strongly you want things to be right with God, no matter how much of a desire there is for things to be made right, He's got a stronger desire for it to be made right. Amen. I've tried to avoid as much marriage counseling as possible. Now, I need a lot of it, but I'm talking about giving it. But I need a lot of it, but... I do know this much. I've had several times where people, you know, going to leave, you know, you know, going through the big D, don't we? And they said, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I'll ask them this question. I'll ask her, do you want this marriage to work? Sure, I do, yes. Do you want it to work? Nah, I'm done. Well, all right, we're done here. Because guess what? If he don't and she don't, then it ain't going to work. So what I'm saying tonight is, you know, if your relationship's not right with the Lord, you don't have to worry about if he wants it to work. He wants it to work. He said, children, now listen to this, have you any me? Basically, you're saying, have you called anything? How'd they say? Now, if it had been a good fisherman, he said, well, there was a south wind blowing. And the moon was at half full. The tide was a little out, and, and, and we've had 14 that got away. They was in the net, and we, they said, and, and several, we just let them go. We won't let them get a little. No, this, this is what they said. No. No. Now, let me. Why did he ask them this? I'll be, I'll be honest. I believe this is it. He wanted them to say, they want, he wanted them to confess that they had failed. Not for his sake, but for their sake. You know, Jesus never just sweeps something under the rug and acts like it never happened. Now, He will if you confess your sins, but you must confess your sins. He'll cleanse you. He'll forgive you. and cleanse you. Now, that's but there must be confession. And He said, children, have you any meat? And they said, no. We ain't got no fish. We, we failed. You know, that's all the Lord wants from us is to be honest with Him. Why do we want to lie to Jesus Christ? I mean, well, who do we think we're fooling? Oh, yeah, I got a bunch of fish. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows how empty we are. And let me say this, the only thing emptier than their nets were their hearts. Right. He finds the wondering. And in this amazing, Jesus did not show up to rebuke them, but to restore them. Amen. Now, look at here. He finds this one. He finds the one or she. He favors the work. Verse 6. Now they cast it down their side. And, they, and the Bible says, and, and, and now, and now, 
What's the difference between then and now? They did what He said to do. And they, and they, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Listen to this. The fish were always there. But the only way for them to catch these fish was to do it the way Jesus said to do it. And did you know tonight that we can bloody our knuckles, we can wear ourselves out and wear ourselves down and, 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 and try and try and try and try. Don't you know they were trying that night? They were wanting to catch fish worse than anybody else, but they never got one. Why? Because Jesus was not involved in what they were doing. Amen. But the moment He said, it on the right side and they did what he said they brought in a hundred I think this is right 63 I'm not going to, great fishes by simply following what he said to do Amen. I want you to know tonight that as a church we need the blessings of the Lord and people say, why is it so important that we do this and we, and we don't worry? How come? We're, why do we have to worry so much? Is this right or is that right? Or should we not? Or should we? Or why does it matter? It's because, listen, if we're not in line with the word of the Lord, we won't catch any fish. Amen. Right. Now I want you to see this. This is amazing. The Bible says in verse 6, they were they. Now who's they? The disciples. We're not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now look down in verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. 153, just like a preacher. I added 10 to the net. So listen to this. Six of them couldn't get the net in the boat. But Peter, by himself, got the fish to the shore. You want to know what the difference was? Who was closer to Jesus? Them or Peter? I got who was where was where was Simon at? The shore. You understand or not? We can get more done by listen, by himself when he got close to Jesus. Now I think he was trying to please Jesus. I believe with all his heart he wanted to do something that would put a smile on his face. He wanted to, and I believe it gave him extra strength, just like when Daddy used to show up to the ball game. I just want I wanted to hit a little farther. I just wanted to score one more. I just want to do a little better because I knew he's there. And here Simon is, been out there all night, and he's standing on the shore, soaking wet, and he written that's why Simon was some little weak and feminine man. He was a man's man. But he reached up and it wasn't natural strength. I don't believe it was natural strength. You know what? Great fishes, if you look it up, 8 to 12 pounds times 153. You do the math. Over a thousand pounds of fish in the water wet by himself one hand at a time. And listen, I, I believe the reason was is because over his shoulder was the smiling face of the Son of God. We would be amazed how much better we could do with the favor of God in our lives. And, the, and by the way, favor is different than luck. And, 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 and You understand, I'm talking about favor, favor, the grace of God, the gift of God. But Simon by himself did what all of them others couldn't do together. Anyway, verse 12 through 14, he feeds the weary. He, he said, come and dine. They make fun of us for always wanting to eat, but Jesus, he had a fish fry. None of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? The quietest meal they ever eat was this one right here. Can you imagine the scene as he 
cooks them fish and prepares this meal and they're all sitting there embarrassed, ashamed. But it's amazing He fed them anyway. Listen tonight, the Lord, He'll feed our soul even when we don't deserve it. Amen. He, he feeds the weary. Think about this. He forgives the wicked. Now, verse 15, I'm just going to get... The Bible says, I believe in verse 9, that there was a fire of coals there. Now, I want to ask you something, but when's the last time we saw Jesus, Peter, in a fire? He denied him. And Jesus, listen to this. Jesus met Peter at the very same type place where he, forgave, where he forsook him. That shows the mercy of the Lord, the, the, the grace of God, the love of God. And by the way, Jesus never brought it up. Now, it was an awkward meal, to say the least. I, nobody was, I mean, everybody's eating, and they're all sitting there. And, and here Simon is, and I know everybody was thinking the same thing. Oh man, Simon's about to get it. Oh my, Simon. And, and, and don't you know, have you ever been had something important you need and you're just trying to figure out a way to bring up the conversation and try to get the ball rolling? And like when me and brother uh, David went over here to the Amish to talk about, it took us an hour just to talk to him about the land. We talked about sawmills and, 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 and blades and cabinets. And I mean, we went around the world five times, but... And, and, and don't you know the whole time Peter's saying, how am I going to open this up? How am I going to say this? How am I going to bring this up? And what's amazing to me is in verse 15, so when they had died, Jesus saith to Simon Peter. He initiated the conversation. He forgives the wicked. If Jesus can forgive us, how come we can't forgive others? How come we give people the silent treatment? They've made us mad, but Jesus didn't give it to Simon. If it been, if Simon had what he had coming, Jesus would have just looked at him. Amen. How you doing, John? How you doing, Nathaniel? Hey, you know, kind of like I do, Brother Hobbs. Sometimes Brother Hobbs was chasing me around the church before church night. I knew he was behind. I was just messing with him. We made like four left. But what? What? I mean, let's just pretend we got John and. Nathaniel, and here's Simon Peter. Now, if it had been like us, he'd be like, how you doing, John? You know I love you. Shake my hand, John. You're all right. I'm immune. You are too. How you doing, Nathaniel? Good to see you. What's up? Good to have you. Good, good to see you again. How you doing? But did Jesus do that? No. Who's the first one he spoke to? Now, we know what he said, and, and I, I don't... He said, Simon, lovest thou me more than these? There's a lot of debate about this. Was he talking about the other disciples? I believe he was talking about the fish. I think he was talking about, Simon, are you going to love me more than this fish? Fishing was, that was a livelihood. And Simon said, Lord, he said, I know us. Verse 15, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Said him, feed my lambs. Now he says this, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He didn't say more than these. Now he's just talking about, do you love me? Again, Jesus knew the truth, but he wanted Simon to say it. Feed my sheep. Verse 17, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Now listen to me. 
Sometimes what the Lord has to say to us is not pleasant. It grieved him. And the Bible says that Simon said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. I don't believe he said this in a monotone, dignified. I believe, I believe he was broken. I, believe, I thought he said, Lord. I believe he said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Do you know what Simon did for the rest of his life? He fed the sheep. By feeding the sheep, he was telling him, Fishing was for self-gratification. Pat his pockets. He's like, Simon, you can't live for you. you got to live for them. And he says this, verse 18, I, I'm, I'm done. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girst thyself. So in this, I want you to see, he, he renewed Peter's commission. Feed my sheep. The sheep were in need. Peter had something that he could give them. Isn't it wonderful that the devil will tell you that you have nothing you offer the church or you can give. But I've got news for him. There's something you have that you can invest and give to someone else. Your time, your, your attention, your... I mean, listen, I'm saying, the devil say, Peter, you ain't got nothing to offer. And Jesus said, I want you to feed my sheep. He renewed his commission. He restored Peter's communion. He said, Peter, I want us to get some things settled. And he got their communion back together. In verse 18 through 21, he rekindled Peter's commitment. In verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. That's talking about the cross. He, he's talking about commitment here. Peter, you deny me this time, but next time you're going to have to die for me. And the Bible even says in verse 9, This spake he said about what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. What did Jesus tell him in Mark chapter 1 when he met Peter the first time? Follow me. Right. Three years later, right. a whole lot's happened. What's the same command? Follow me. I want you to know what's God's will, what God has told you to do, He still wants you to do. That's right. Amen. And Simon, poor Simon, poor, poor Simon. Verse 20, they had to put this in here. To me, I, we end right there. We go straight to Pentecost. 3,000 say, but no, 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 no. Then Peter turned about, saith the disciple whom Jesus loved fallen, which also then his breast is hurt. And he said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, bad time. Wrong thing to be asking. Peter, seeing him, said, Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? What's John going to do? Jesus said to him, if, if, it, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then when it's saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die, yet Jesus said to him, he shouted, but if I will that to be tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Simon, we ain't got five seconds past you getting right with me and I'm already having to straighten you out again. How many of you got right with the Lord? I mean, give it all. And before you got to your seat, the devil done had... Uh -huh. Jesus said, what's that to thee? Follow Thou me. I think about this. The devil had convinced Peter that he was done serving God. And he convinced him to go back to his old boat, put on his old coat, pull up them old nets, cast them in the sea, and go back to his old life. But Brother Hunter, in 40 days, from this 40 days at Pentecost, the same Simon, 
He didn't take a fishing net. He took the gospel net. And he threw it out into a sea of people at Pentecost and 3,000 souls. Don't tell me God can't use people after they've messed up. 